छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hi, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I'm Jennifer Lovely. I'm Ryas Hall. And we have special guest stars. Uh, I'm Handsome Husband Jim. And I'm Jillian Venters. Uh, gathered everybody together here, and we miss you, Jeff, because um, he couldn't make it today because he was feeling poorly. We are doing Best of the Decade, so movies from 2010 onward, uh, and we're discussing just uh, our favorite movies of the last 10 years that we loved for whatever reason we loved them. So um, I know Jim put his in, like, in a numerical order of wow, what he loved. Wow, I did. I did too. I, I didn't. I couldn't because yeah. I have, I only got it down to 10 movies. Like literally 35, well no, it would be more than that. At, at, at like... It's about an hour ago. An hour ago, got it down. And I swear, I know, I know the comparison is terrible and it is not a Sophie's Choice, but I literally felt like I'd be leaving a starving little movie off to perish on its own. Um... And I, I have, like, I think eight movies in my honorable mentions. I have, like, four in my honorable mentions, so... <laughs> Ten or twelve in my yes. honorable mentions. Yes! Yeah. And they all deserve it! Seventeen! <laughs> wow! <laughs> ten honorary mentions, ten actual movies. That's fantastic. But if people say one of the movies that's in my actual movie list, then I can just talk about an honorary mention there instead. So I have alternates. Fair, fair point. Because I didn't a want to... great way to do it. I didn't want us all to be talking, have the same list. Yeah, I know? get that. I, I love, that. that's one of the things I love about doing stuff with you guys is that different things come up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's why I'm here. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, someone has to represent the werewolf agenda, whatever. The, the werewolf slash white male agenda. Oh, yeah. Because it's underrepresented. Yes. See, we we don't have a voice. <laughs> Blatant vampire erasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, somebody's got to throw. <laughs> so, so before we get in there, okay. I'm just going to cover the the issue in case anybody says anything. But also because Jen, it's it, you're 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 concerned about it. We recognize that the decade actually starts and it well it ends this year. This yeah. is the last year of the decade. 2021 is the beginning of the new decade. However, 2020 to 20, uh, sorry, yeah, 2010 to 2019, up through 20 or through 2019 is 20, 10 years. Yeah. So while it's not the decade, it is a, a decade. decade. <laughs> I, I was just kind of, you know, I looked at it, I held it, cuddled, cuddled my issue to my chest, and then set it aside for our recording. I, I wanted, to, I wanted to know <laughs> I in case anybody it. nitpicked. <laughs> this is this. Is I have top tens of horror movies from every decade, starting in 1920s. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Just because yeah. I thought that would be fun. Yes. And also it helps us for upcoming episodes, too, to figure out new stuff to to focus on. So I'm just going to jump right out there because I don't see anybody else doing it. Um, this is one that I really... 
it, it was kind of right on the edge of my list from like the moment I started putting the list together. It is Ex Machina. And part of the reason why I really appreciate this movie and is because it kind of opened a door um, to allowing myself to experience my own anger and talk about it and 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 think about how women are presented in film in horror um and it's definitely something as a female horror fan i've always thought about but ex machina gave me a way to be really vocally because i remember talking to you jim because it was you know it came out in 2015 it was right when we first started dating Mm -hmm. the wrap-up of the movie you were like huh that's woof that that's pretty rough as as a finale it seems almost a little too and i was like no i'm fine with it (laughs) no it was awesome completely okay with it nope i'm good and but the thing is it's it's there's (laughs) there's so much we're taught to be so polite and and anger is such a weird thing for women to talk about and experience And, and so much it's so very negative because of how anger is expressed against us, mm-hmm. it's really, really interesting to find a way to like feel it and touch it and and think about it. For me, yeah, yeah, that was that was my reaction when you showed us Ex Machina, where I was like, it was not the movie I expected it to be. Yeah, and, and I don't think I don't think my take on the movie was exactly. I think it's Alex Garland who also did uh, Annihilation, which is also really high up there for me. Um, I don't know if that, the, my takeaway on it was exactly his intent, but it's the intent I chose to take from it mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and, and made it for myself. Yeah. So there we go. Which That's, is... I, I think our major difference between it is that you're viewing it uh, uh, as uh, the, 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 the character being a woman, whereas I am viewing it as being a, an artificial intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why I'm like, uh, that's that's really dark because that's a... That is an a AI. really rogue AI without any sort of moral structure. Right. And that's where my, my thing yeah. comes in. So, yeah. I, as, yeah, I get... No, I completely get that take on it, though, yeah. too. It also, let's not forget, has potentially the greatest dance scene You're not of the wrong. decade. You are not wrong. You are not wrong. God bless Oscar Isaac. And, and if, and I will say this forever, if uh, Oscar Isaac had taught Daisy Ridley... And uh, John Boyega, that dance, and they filmed it like backstage. They would have shattered the internet. Oh man! Talk about breaking the internet. That yeah. would have been the yeah. thing that broke it. it so beautiful. So I will jump in. Uh, let me in. The American remake. Really, I've never seen it. I have seen both, and I have seen the original, and I've seen the remake, and I actually like the remake better. In part because the remake is slightly more faithful to the book, hmm. which I read when it first came out, uh-huh. and it is it is tighter for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it it the, removes the, some storylines. It removed some storylines, but where it deviates and removes those storylines, it makes it a tighter, more cohesive story. Because hmm. that was that was my complaint with the original movie, and that's actually one of my complaints about the book. It is, it is a book that would have been vastly improved if someone had gone through and done a heavy story edit and said, these are great ideas. They don't necessarily need to be explored in this. Yeah. But the movie is just so good. It does a lot of interesting things about talking about 
the idea of what if someone is an immoral otherworldly creature as a child and i mean i am i am all for murderous children let's face it claudia is my favorite character in interview with the vampire but the idea that is far more clearly expressed in the american version of the movie is that eli the vampire is straight up finding and grooming someone to be their their mortal companion and snack provider yep. that the person they have who has been now acting at masquerading as their father and who has been going out and hunting for them and bringing them back food is getting too unreliable and old so Eli is going to go find another person and groom a kid to do this and the kid that Eli picks has a whole bunch of anger issues and mm -hmm. again it is a case of I am choosing to become a companion to this completely amoral creature because fuck the rest of you. Yep. So I just I I need to rewatch it again, but yeah, we we bought it as soon as we watched it because I was just like, yes, thank you, good. I'd always avoided it because it was it was posited as a shot for shot remake almost. Whereas, you know, kind of like the the remake of Psycho, Gus Van Zandt's, where it was like, well, why make this if it's it's virtually identical? Right. Same um, thing with funny games. Yeah. I didn't The performances are just different enough and I think it's a tighter a tighter production of it. That actually tempts it, me to actually sure. watch it. It takes out a lot of the neighbor plot line, it. which was yes. really just cruft in yeah. the uh, in the other one. Yeah. And uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, of course, you know, an amazing actress, just blasts it out of the park. So yeah. I mean, there's there's that. It lost me honestly right at the beginning because I could literally like the the opening scene. I could literally hear some producers say, "Yeah, you made this movie, but we really need to." punch up that beginning so that it grabs people's interest and because it's a it's a part of the other movie that's shown out of order yeah yeah so that you get like oh something horrible has happened and it 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 doesn't need to be there in my opinion you can let a movie open and breathe and yeah. like get this um but yeah no I, I i the other thing that i did not like about it was that it uh it felt and I, my recollection may be off on this but it Felt like even more so than the original that it dropped the uh, I don't know what you'd call it the the, the trans part of Eli mm -hmm. that because uh, the the original just has like a, a like Momentary. literally less than a second flash yeah that that where you're like wait what was that and you have to go back and pause it to be like yeah. oh oh okay I what that's weird yeah so it dropped that aspect which I thought was. But it doesn't, it doesn't need to be in Eli's there, but it's character. interesting. It's, it's, an, yeah. it's an interesting bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, but it kept the really good parts of the movie. It did trim everything down, and the performances Eli are great. Eli or Ellie? Eli. Eli. Okay, anyway. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a solid one. I thought it yeah. had some Americanization issues, yeah. was what it was. Um, and you, you really do feel that, is she, you know, yes, she's grooming him, but Maybe she feels something a little more towards this one. Maybe, but maybe she doesn't. It could all be an act, but maybe because you want it, you want this kid to yeah. have that happy ending. But it's, but but it's kind of like the doesn't. where she loved them all, and then she locked them in a box. Yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> this is where my id shows because I'm like, <laughs> yes, be amoral and just groom that person and let them think you love them, but they're going to be your snack food. I admit, when it comes to vampire media, I am a really terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, off to the next person. So I don't know which one of you two want to jump on there. 
I'll jump in. Uh, so, quick caveat. Um, these are my, my movies are the ones that I really, really enjoyed personally. Um, they are not necessarily the best. Yep. I went through and I listened to the other best ofs that I've been on on this podcast. And much like one of the other ones where I had the top five, I had my top five favorites and my top five movies that were really good because they're not always yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. That's totally I, valid. I have I have a lot of honorable mentions of movies that were really, really good, but they're not like the ones that are like, yeah, these were awesome yeah, movies. Yeah, they're not movies you necessarily want to rewatch. So they're, yeah. So my number ten is Attack the Block. Actually, Attack the Block is also on my list. It's on my honorable mention list. Attack the Block it is on my. It was on my list yeah. at one point. It is. So, I mean, obviously, it, it's the introduction of John Boyega into the the uh, cinematic eye. But uh, and he's so good in and it. He's so Everyone good in is it. so good in it. It is. You you look at that movie and it is way better than you would think. Yeah. Than for just by looking at like the poster or the mm-hmm. even hearing the premise of it. Oh, alien alien attack happens and there's, you know, in there's inside four of, aliens attack four people. Yeah, there's yeah. A, they're on an, at- on a, an apartment block. They uh-huh. they and they they're under siege. It's like, okay, well we've seen that, except you yeah. haven't because this is more about the people inside the block. Than about than the about the, than about the threat that's after but, them. Yeah. Oh, the creature design. Oh, oh those ones are so sweet. That is how you do creature design yeah. on yeah. a budget. Yeah. Exactly. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of waiting for you to oh, go ahead. You want a creature that you don't get a great look at because as soon as you see something in the full light, you know exactly what it looks like. In, I'm going to say most cases, mm-hmm. it's not as scary. There's some exceptions. The creature in the ritual. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. But yeah. in general, <laughs> yeah, in general, especially on a budget, you want to keep your creature mysterious. Mm-hmm. And you, you, it's, it's a completely pitch black creature. It is otherworldly in that it just absorbs light. Right. It's Vanta Black. I'm kind of going to let you wrap up yours, yep. and then I'm going to go into my reasoning on why go, I had it. Go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I did my blurb. Um, why I chose Attack the Block, and it's a lot of the reasons that, that all of you have said, um, but Attack the Block affects me in the same way of when I first saw Sightseers, where it it angered me and disgusted me, um, and because the violence of the gang attacking her and robbing her at the beginning of the movie... Mm-hmm is so frightening as someone who has lived within the city and traveled and done a lot on my own at night in dark places where I haven't felt safe. Um, and the fact that you go through the whole cycle of this movie of, of both being really fucking angry at that gang of kids um, and, and hating them and understanding them as the entire movie goes on to the point of falling in love with them a little bit to have like the only other movie that I can think so sightseers kind of had that feeling and also um housebound had that where you start out and you really really fucking hate the character and and she wins you over by the end of it and like I almost turned it like it really affected me so much when they attack her and frightened mm. me in a way because right. it was something I could really resonate with of being frightened like that. Um, and it just hit me in a way that I've experienced before. Um, 
and just those movies that uh, that focus on these little tight blocks of poor area <laughs> really kind of like hit a nerve with me well, because yeah. having grown up like on a reservation, <laughs> yeah, you know, on a reservation pre-casino <laughs> when they were like really fucking broke, <laughs> like that hits me of like how how certain how how poverty gets um, segregated so mm-hmm. much, and you know, I mean, sometimes it's it's racially segregated too, but a lot of times, like this is where we put our poor people to forget about them. Yep. So um, that's it. Just really hit me for those. One one other thing I want to mention about the creature design. There's uh, a person online, uh, Miss Monster, who does monstrous plush toys. And she actually made one of the creatures from Attack the Block as a commission. (gasps) And so she only did it the once because she's like, I'm never making this again. But I saw the photos and it was was a spot on replica, but in like a largish cuddly toy size and I was like damn it I want that I want that I want that everyone wants well, it no Pete was like you were wrong in the head <laughs> I'm like no it'd be great but and, and of course also Attack the Block gave us John fire, gave us Firestorm in because uh, he's uh, the, the uh, guy from uh, Legends of Tomorrow in The Flash the, the second Firestorm mm. guy was in there and of course the current doctor Jodie Whittaker oh, that's yeah. right yeah. yes all right, so off to rise for her first. Uh... Um, the one that I've got a couple movies that are tied for ten. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna go with In the Tall Grass, which is a Netflix movie. Wow, I need to watch that. <laughs> no, I. It was gonna be The Witch, but I know someone has The Witch on their list. Really? What's wrong with you guys? The Witch nope. is amazing. The Witch is amazing. It is. Okay. Oh, okay, good. Someone does have it on their list. Someone doesn't like so it. So I'm going to go with In the Tall Grass. <laughs> the thing I like about In the Tall Grass is because I really like horror films about weird places where things aren't as they should be. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I love liminal space horror films. Um, oh, I wish I had my phone. There's that film Absentia. Yeah. Which oh, is yeah. by... Uh, was that director? He, the guy did Oculus... Mike, oh, Mike Flanagan. Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. I need to did go get this my phone. Little low budget fun. film, which I think came out in 2010, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah. it almost made oh. my follow my uh, my list. And it's just super creepy because there's this pedestrian underpass where things aren't right, and you can just tell by looking at it. You should not jog through there. And in the tall grass is about some people who go into a field of grass that is like eight foot tall grass. Because they hear somebody in there calling for help, and then they get lost in the grass. And as they go, and the more time they spend in the grass, the weirder things get. There's like a time loop going on. They find a dead dog that later in the movie turns out to be a live dog. They find a dead person. <laughs> they later they find, find a dead be. person. Um, I love that you can't trust time. You with cannot you can't, trust time and, and in you're, there. You're damned the moment your foot steps within its boundary. Yep. You, once you go into that grass, you can't find the road again. You never will. And sometimes has, yeah. there, and yeah, and in addition to just being lost in the grass, which is creepy enough, there's something in the grass that turns some people insane. 
Well, that's a and pollen allergy, all right. Yeah, it's a great pollen allergy. It's a standing stone <laughs> oh, in the well, middle of the field. Don't touch the stone. Nice. Do not touch the stone. And don't touch um, the stone. <laughs> I just, I really liked it. I found that it was something I watched on a whim because I'm like, oh, Stephen King movie on Netflix. I think he wrote it with Joe Hill, his son. Yeah. Yep. Go wrote. Yeah. And it really exceeded my expectations. And also made me not want to go into a corn maze for a while. <laughs> nope, I completely get that. It did what it did really well. As I yeah. recall from listening to the the back stuff when I was listening to the audiobook version mm. that had the story in there, he and his dad wrote it over the course of a few days. Sure. That they just ha- they were on a trip together somewhere, and they had some spare time between for whatever. Driving past some wheat fields, and they just hammered this story out. Well, that's how that's how Big Steve writes everything. Mm-hmm. I, I do love the fact well, that Joe Hill like yeah, is like cocaine. yes, <laughs> is is, well. is all like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna write under a different I'm gonna write under a pseudonym so no one knows, and then he steps out into the sunlight, and he is literally. His father's clone. I know. It looks exactly <laughs> like Stephen. Like, it's, it's not, not, it's like not a pseudonym. That's actually what they named him, Joe Hill. And I don't. And I know it is Joe Hill King. But yeah, his oh. they that because oh, is he you, named after the union did, organizer? I don't know. But <laughs> sorry, there's he a did he did initially trim it out so that he would have his own career from from his father. But once he had a couple of books under him, he was like, yeah, it's an open secret at yeah. this point. Yeah. 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 Plus everybody read his stuff and they were like, Man, you write like Stephen King. Yeah, huh, funny yeah. that. <laughs> that was, that was so anyway, uh, In the Tall Grass was my number ten film because it really creeped me out. And I'm trying on my list to mostly go with horror movies that stuck with me and scared me afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's a great that's a great vein to follow. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't say I wanted to have a tie where I left a movie on and I and uh-huh. I didn't because there's two movies that I will forever pair because I saw them within like a one week period and I'm just going to name them both together and it's Resolution and The Battery. Oh. Um, mm. Because I watched them around the same time and I love it because literally Resolution and The Battery... They're very low budget. Very low very budget. Very limited casts. Change, which I love. I've, I've, I've come to realize I really love yeah. small cast movies. Yeah, they're both almost two-person movies. Yeah. Um, and what I love is it's a very... Um, it is a very focused storytelling because when you're only dealing with two people, it has to be character-driven. And uh, the fact that they were done like a... a Battery was done for $6,000, most of that being spent on the car he had to buy. Um, and um, Resolution is just... And, and they changed... And the, and the reason why they're on my list is, number one, um, it got me, got me searching for podcasts, because I got really into horror podcasts, which led me to forming my own podcast, and which, thank you. Thank you. Don't read the Latin today for here we are. Um, Part of the reason, uh, one of the first things that I started showing when I started doing Horror Movie Fridays, and it also changed what I started looking for with horror to show myself and what I wanted to see. It widened your horizons on what you were looking for. Yeah, it absolutely did. And, um, you know, we were starting to see, like, I 
fairly certain neither of them got a theatrical. I think they both went to VOD. And it made me start to realize that, I mean, I think that was that crossover year that we started realizing really, really good movies potentially are only going to get a video-on-demand release. Right. Um, The thing I like about the Lovecraft Festival every year is that almost all the movies that show there are small, low-budget, made by people who love the genre. Yep. And sometimes there's some amazing gems in there. Yes. When we go to Crypticon this year, I'm actually going to try and catch the the short the short film panel because I want to see what's coming out. Yeah, I should but do that too. That that actually brings me to thank you for organizing Horror Movie Fridays because you have gotten me back into the genre and gotten so much stuff to me that I would not have been able to catch because I wasn't mm-hmm. in touch with what was coming out of VOD. You're not gonna, Absolutely. You're, you might not hear about this stuff just following traditional media. Yeah. Because the stuff isn't being found by the Rotten Tomatoes. Right. And um, it doesn't have a million dollars in budget, so it's not going to be ad. in a... Yeah, you're not going to see it advertised. You yeah. just kind of... you got to have word of mouth. Yep. Yeah. Right. Which, which actually brings me to the next movie I want to talk about, which is The Black Coat's Daughter. Oh! Which, uh, that was strictly a VOD release, right? I'm pretty sure, And yeah. it, you know, creepy girls, creepy girls school, is there, isn't there supernatural happenings? Well, we're pretty sure there is. Yes. <laughs> a non-linear narrative. It just, it hit every, it's all those things that I like. And again, it's that, you know, creepy young woman. And are they possibly trafficking mm-hmm. with dark forces to make their lives what they think is better? Excellent. I am there for this. The soundtrack is excellent. Right after uh-huh. you showed it to us, like as soon as the movie was done, I went onto the iTunes store and I'm like, okay, is the soundtrack available? It is. Thank you. Yeah, buy that right the now. director, Osgood Perkins, is Anthony Perkins' son. Yep. And, and he made his first screen appearance in like Psycho 4 or one of those movies. Mm-hmm. And his brother, Elvis Perkins, is the one who does the soundtracks. Yep. But oh, nice. I... It was just so unsettling, and that final scene in the furnace room, where you're like, oh, this is exactly as fucked up as I think it is. Yes, it All is. All right. And yeah. Such a fantastic just movie. Just so good. And I and I love that he's gone on to make, you know, you then immediately following that, you have the Eye and the Pretty Thing that lives in the house, which is actually filmed before Black Coat's Daughter, also known as February. Um, and the fact that he's, uh, you know, um, Gretel and Hansel just came out like this weekend and I am I have not seen that yet as hell me either. I just watched I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house. And what it, your really, jam? it wasn't my jam. <laughs> I need to watch it cause I know it will be my jam. Yeah. It will be your jam. I really, I really enjoyed it. It is, but it is very slow moving and it's just slow moving and creepy. And it was interesting because when I was looking up more information about Black Coat's Daughter, I found a lot of of people's comments about it and I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house about, well, it wasn't scary. It was too slow. It was weird. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is where that big divide in in people's horror tastes come from. Yep. I really feel like the the main woman character that she comes to take care of and I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house is based on Shirley Jackson because she looks just like her. Yes. Excellent. And I was Even like, more to love. Yeah. And I did like that. Okay. Alright. Off to... My number nine is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I that That's one of my so honorable mentions. That almost are, was on my list. It, it is. Let's, let's get with the obvious. The obvious is it's really charming. It is. It is so so wonderful yeah, and heartfelt. Yeah, it's just so awesome and and loving. Um, the 
the thing about it though is that there are movies uh, that you know, some that came out this decade that you know subvert the genre that do you know uh, that kind of break it down and uh, deconstruct it. Um, but Tucker and Dale does it in a very loving fashion and just inverts the trope, just inverts yeah. the, the the hillbilly psycho killer trope, and it's just it's it's hilarious and heartfelt and still gory and horrifying uh but but, but it's done, sweet but it's done it it's is very amazingly sweet. sweet tyler labine and uh oh yeah and Tudic. uh alan, alan Tudyk are, are so fun in it yes. and it's just it is it's a delightful horror comedy if you like horror comedies i'm not a big fan of horror comedies but even i love tucker and dale versus evil yeah it, come it, on it, it 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 is it is done with utter respect yeah. and so much love uh, it was great because I, I was recently listening. I don't even remember where the interview was coming from, but all of a sudden it played that snippet where it has Tucker and Dale arguing about whether or not they should go to the cops. <laughs> and they're like, nobody's going to believe us. Like, who's going to believe that 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 these kids are just showing up? And they're obviously in some sort of death cult. <laughs> some kind of suicide pact. Yes. And it's so funny because I did not want to, so I didn't want to watch it. Because number one, it's a horror comedy. I don't like horror comedies. Number two, I started watching the movie. I was like, okay, I'm just going to give it a chance because, like, Michael Montour had been talking to me about it. And, like, no, you really have to give it a chance. And that opening scene where you see Tucker and Dale in the truck, like, driving by them. And they you feel like they're getting these looks. Yep. And you're like, I was just like, oh, man, I'm just, I am not in for some Deliverance-esque horror I don't care if it's a comedy I just I don't want this and then like literally within like two minutes after that moment because I remember looking at you when you were like no you've got to watch this I was like no I'm done man and you're like no just give it and within like a minute half I was like oh I'm sold I'm sold on this and it literally was just like 90 seconds later Mm -hmm. but I had given up yeah that's where yeah when you start hearing them talk you're just like I I don't know how to talk to girls (laughs) Why'd she talk to look at me? Huh? Why'd she ever talk want to talk to me? You just need to be yourself. I, they are because they, they're so supportive of one another. Yeah, they are. They're so sweet and they're so dumb, officer. You you would not believe the day we are having. <laughs> my only my only complaint is oh, that the, the part God. that's at the very beginning of the movie was very obviously originally supposed to be like a mid credit to end credit sequence. Right. That they again. Going back to that theme, they put it at the beginning to punch up the beginning to yeah. give it like this sting at the very beginning of it, and it, I, I hate it. I hate the fact that it's there because partly because it spoils part part of the the, the movie. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you're if you're paying attention to it, but uh, but yeah, it, that's the only complaint that I have about it. If it if it you cut that part out, start from there, you, you, it's perfectly wonderful. All right, it's you, it's me. Um, my number nine movie is a tie. There were two I really liked. I'm gonna go with The Ritual. Uh, oh, such, yes. a, such a good film. Because it's really good. My other, the one that ties with it is the remake of Suspiria. Uh. Because I really, I really loved it. The more I think about it, it is super slow when getting to the point, but when it gets to the point that it's getting to... It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But uh, the reason I went with the ritual is because it stuck with me a lot more. 
Um, the ritual is something I think about every time I go out into the woods. Reasonable. <laughs> Reasonable. And, um, and when we were talking earlier about creature design. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that creature design. In general, when there's a monster in a movie, you get a good look at it, you're like, yeah, okay, I can see that. And you're like, okay, that's a that this kind of monster. That's a, <laughs> That would have uh, benefited from more shadow. <laughs> yeah. But the monster... If it's a monster, the sons of the bastard sons Son of, of Loki. Loki in uh, the ritual, the more light you shine on it, the, the worse more it light is. you shine on it, the more terrifying it becomes. And I was like, oh, oh, that is a bad thing. No, the, the no, dream thank you. Sequences, the oh, dream sequences, the dream sequences where a guy <gasps> goes to sleep in a sleeping bag, and when he wakes up, the forest is half forest and half a convenience store where his friend was killed. And that the, the forest just keeps creeping more and more into the convenience store. Yeah. It's fantastic. It I, is such a good movie. so much. Um, yeah, I, I really cannot say enough good things about it. I wish that there were more... There are so many movies out there that are defined as men's movies, that are defined as... You know, these bro versions of film that have very little to offer other people sometimes. The, the, the predators yeah. of the genre. Well, exactly. the ritual is, could easily fall into that trap, mm-hmm. too, because it's just a bunch of guys going for a hike. But what I so appreciated about it is, I wish there were more, more movies about things like this discussing how... And <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir, because nobody who's listening to us is, is going to argue with me about, about misogyny and toxic masculinity... Toxic masculinity damns men, and it hurts them, and it hurts everyone. Um, The fact that they have such difficulty discussing this horrible thing that happened to them and how it is trapping their friendship in Mm -hmm. that. There are so few movies that talk about how... They are deeply affected by grief. The grief over their friend's death. But they're not going to express it to each other. No, and and there need to be more movies like this that allow men to discuss their friendships and the difficulties they face because maybe it'll open a door or two. <laughs> yeah. yeah they get, they get, and that's one of the, the, the tragic parts of the ritual is that they get really close yep. to being able to be vulnerable and open with one another about this trauma that they yeah. share and then either, you know, something attacks them from the woods or uh, they uh, one of them says something, you know, jackass and yeah. And shuts the whole thing down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But they're all, because some of them are angry about it, and some of them are just really damaged by it. And it's, no, it's a really good movie. It got on my yeah. honorable mentions. It was almost there because it has a lot of liminal spaces mm-hmm. and everything like that. And it's it, it it does, it affected me quite a bit. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, it was in, definitely an honorable mention. Uh, it it me. was on, it was on my list. Yeah. Um, this movie that I'm going to bring up is uh, one that I've been talking about a lot because I have started a new uh, community online uh, that is going to be leading to me um, showing a once a month horror movie um, that has a a more feminist bent um, and a movie that just isn't discussed enough that uh, I'm going to end up showing for our first showing is the movie Lake Mungo. Um, And that movie has stayed. It's like when you're talking about yeah, like it's it, it it'll leave mark. It lingers um, for family relationships, for how well we actually really know each other, for depression, for grief. Um, it's a 
wonderful is it or isn't it paranormal story of hauntings. Mm. Um, stay through the credits. Continue watching the, the film through the credits and and be very critical as you're looking because they're showing uh, photographs of things that you've seen all through the movie. And does this say that you're right or you're wrong with your beliefs? I don't know. Take a really good look because maybe you are, maybe you're not. Right. Um, and it did. It I saw this movie years and years and years ago, and I really don't have that long that passes where it doesn't... I don't think of it for some reason. Mm. Um, yeah. And it, it's, like I said, it's a movie that sticks with you a lot. Yeah. So in the vein of a movie that sticks with you a lot, and you may be surprised that this is on my list because I was so unnerved when you showed it to us, but The Endless. Oh, which, ah, that's and part of, part of the reason it freaked me out so badly was that usually when you announce what movie we're watching on Fridays, I go spoil myself for it because I find I enjoy them more if I can, if I know what the narrative beats are, if I know mm -hmm. what to look for because then I can be more in, focused on the writing or the, the effects or things instead of like bracing myself of, oh well, my God, what's going to happen? There were no spoilers I could find for The Endless, so I went in <laughs> completely cold. And it is so... I mean, there's time loops that you don't know are time loops. There's this possible UFO death cult. And it is just, it is such a, you cannot tell what is really being experienced. And then there are the, you know, the rope that gets thrown up into the sky for the tug of war and oh. something grabs it. Oh, mm -hmm. that is, that still bothers me. Oh, yeah. I mean, we re <laughs> I rewatched it last weekend. I had Pete watch it. And the whole time he's like, okay, well, I'm trying to figure out this and I'm trying to figure out this. And I'm like, I'm saying nothing. You mm -hmm. have to watch this all the way through. And as we watched the movie, the first time I watched it, and I curled more and more into a fetal position and kind of twitching. And at the end of the movie... When, again, you and I were trying to figure out what it is, what are the movies that freak me out? What is the common It is thread? the movie that explains things so to me. So you cannot, so you don't show them when Pete He's is out, out of town. town. <laughs> and it finally, it finally gave it to me where it's, if it's a movie where I cannot get in my own head a satisfactory resolution of what the hell is actually real or not. Or as right. I put it, I read H.P. Lovecraft's Pickman's model at way too young an age way too young an age. I was like eight. And there we go. Can I actually tell if something's creepy and gonna come get me? Or is this something else? I'm out. I can't right. do it. What gets me is the difference is like you want to know what it is and how you can avoid it. Yes. After you see a horror movie. And that one doesn't give you an out. No. No, it does no, not. Like, uh, just don't go out of your house. Don't go to that part of the world because there's weird stuff everywhere. Right. Don't yeah. act on strange videotapes sent to you by anonymous people. That's, I think, mm, the, that's, that's the that's lesson. Also, that's a, that is a, a good lesson, lesson for everything. That is a good lesson. But so, yeah, I mean, no one would have predicted that would be on my on my best of, of the 10 years because... I will have to admit that there's a couple of movies on here. Um, one of them being when I said resolution that in my head, they're they're kind of tied with the movies that followed it. Yes. So when I talk about resolution, like I'm really talking about the endless two, right? Which yeah, bless them. And I think the reason why there were there was nothing out there is they did um uh the second uh uh no the uh, um 
M. Night Shyamalan's first, the the Sixth Sense. They did Mm. Sixth Sense level. um, Please don't, please don't ruin this for other people. Where people actually tried um, levels of for the endless, where people were just really keeping their mouth shut because they didn't Mm want to ruin. Yeah. Um, Also, they didn't know how to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, probably it's weird. That's what's weird. (laughs) Uh, my number eight is a uh, movie from this year. It is Ready or Not. Oh, I love that movie. It is so much fun. It is a wonderful little romp. It is... Uh, we, we, watched it, uh, we watched it just last night with a couple of people who hadn't seen it. And you know, watching them react to the jump scares. And, uh, and, and it's just... It's, and I had this realization this last week is that uh, Ready or Not and Knives Out are sister movies. I haven't seen them. Absolutely. Because they're both about class class, and the rich being completely weird and insulated from anything else in real life mm-hmm. and uh, and the consequences of that right. sort of thing. And, and, and how they hurt people because and of that. The axe, the axe ant. Yes. Oh. Battle axe with a battle axe. The battle axe with a battle axe was almost exactly Jamie Lee Curtis's character yeah. from Knives Out. Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful. I love little, both of them. A life so goal for all of us, all right? right? Yes, just sitting there, so angry, just pulsating from her. And oh, I guess everyone else is standing up as they're walking down the aisle. I guess I'll stand up too. Oh, she's just angry. My favorite is she's carrying a little body out. And all you see is she's this little string bean of a woman, and she's got the feet, and she's carrying it out, and it's like. Her leg, the, the feet, the feet <laughs> of the corpse are between her legs, and she's just yep. bouncing back and forth, just angrily hauling that body yes. out. Oh. I really liked Ready or Not. I haven't seen Knives Out yet, but Ready or Not oh, so was good. so much fun. It's and and oh, I, I, just all the characters with the the few moments that and there's so many movies where characters are just. I, I was just watching the Evil Dead remake, and I was mentioning this that the characters in it are completely hollow. There, one character is like her character trait is she's a nurse, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's like the entire amount of her characterization that she's given in that film. Um, this movie has a relatively small cast, but it's not super small. But every single one of them is given a moment to define their character. Yeah, their char- you 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 understand them like you they and a the little tweaks that they put in you're a winner <laughs> you're a winner but also just little tweaks where it's like you know the differences between characters well you remember when i told you about this you you were okay with it because that he told his wife about the 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 what she's going to go about what she was getting into yeah you know there's all these moments and she looks define- at him and she goes i'd have rather be dead yes every single one of them you 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 uh-huh. get these moments where you understand their character and so it's it and it's still funny as hell. Yes. And still so horrifying at, at points. Mm-hmm. And, and and just the craziness of all of them. That they're with yeah. their utter callousness towards... When it boils down to it, their utter callousness towards other people. See, and I heard both that and Knives Out being, refer- being compared to Clue. And I'm like, they're nothing no, like no, Clue. No. Clue I mean, is a great movie, but it's clearly a straight-up, goofy comedy. Yeah, yep. Kni- Knives Out and Knives Clue Out are and similar in that both yeah. of them are funny. And they're both murder mysteries. And they're both murder mysteries. And they're ensemble pieces. Yeah, that's, and they're that's ensemble like, pieces. Yeah. They have, they have all the skeletal framework, but everything else is, you know, when you... When you they're, they're superficially yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the same. So yeah, Ready or Not, that was my, uh, that was my number eight. 
All right. Um, my number eight is an Argentinian film we had we watched called Terrified. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> and again, weird stuff happening with no explanation is what gets to me. Weird stuff happening, and then you later find out, oh, it's a mutant bear. I'm okay with that. I can, I can handle a mutant bear. <laughs> what I can't handle is something coming out from under a bed when there's only an inch of space under the bed. Oh, yeah. That I do not care for. Um, it's inexplicable things that freak me out. The things that should not be. Right. Uh-huh. That's like when um, Japanese horror was having that big renaissance back in the 90s. Yeah. What That's what I liked about it was um, Uzumaki was a great movie for me because it never explained why people were obsessed with spirals. Why was that happening? Was it a curse? Who knows? And I love that sense of, no, sometimes it just rains fish. Deal with it. My other favorite with this movie is the fact I love... Sometimes movies have non sequiturs where Mm -hmm. random things are happening and that's okay. But I love movies where you get three quarters of the way through them and you remember something that happened earlier and you realize it's all cyclical. It's a circle. And it's all in the same universe where you have the guy in the house next to them that is complaining about the construction that they're doing. Yes. Except you realize after the fact that it is a thumping in the bathroom that is fucking terrifying. Yeah. It is not construction. Oh my God. That scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh and God. that's why I like that movie. I like the Pure. inexplicableness. I like the weirdness of it. The well, it's not aliens. It's, it's so abjectly terrifying. It, it yeah, it is just yeah. It, it is a wonderful combination of uh, being terrifying just because of the jump scares. Because there's a lot of jump oh, yeah. scares in that yeah. movie, and they're really well done jump scares. Uh, and then also just you know the the horror. Not not just being like scary, but there's horror. There's in underlying it. horror. Un- yeah, and, and that's the, and that's what gets to me. We we were flipping through because Shutter when you turn Shutter on the app, it, there's it a Shutter TV yeah. channel. Yeah, they stream the stuff first, and we turned it on, and there it was at the thump thump oh. thump of the, part of the uh, of the uh, construction uh, 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 uh. quote unquote, and we're just sitting there, and if that's the first thing that comes on, Jim's like, nope. Oh. I love yeah. that movie, but I was like, I'm well, not up I'm for not, that right I'm now. I'm not up for that right now. So that's why that movie is on my list. And also because I wanted to have a lot of random, weird foreign stuff on the list. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'm going to laugh because it's like I paid you 10 bucks to provide a solid lead-in for me. One of the things that I absolutely love about Terrified Tunk yeah. is, <laughs> is that... At the wrap-up of the movie, they give you hints that this has happened elsewhere. Yeah. And that is a bigger, global, terrifying thing. (laughs) Yep. You're about to talk about my number four movie. I'm going to talk about The Invitation. Because, boy, Karen Kasama fucked me up with that movie. It's culty. I did not see it. I was not here oh, when you guys... When I'll you show it, it again. It okay. is, you should definitely show it again, because it is how I feel at every party I ever go to. Oh, no. It is it's like kind of where uncomfortable I've horrible. this party because... It, yeah, because these people used to be friends with me, or is it because they want to kill me? I don't know. I'm just going to try and play it cool. And I've <laughs> felt that so strongly. There are so many <clears throat> uncomfortable moments in this movie... <laughs> and and the wrap up is 
just this gut punch that I think starts the it starts the the back pull when it's coming forward to punch you like in another state and it just is catching momentum as it's zooming towards your midsection and it's terrifying it's just horrible and and it makes the story 10 times worse because of this little tiny minute long wrap up at the end where you're realizing the enormity Mm -hmm. and and you're like, well, this movie can't get scary because it's pretty fucking scary. And this is, oh, my God, so many terrifying things. And then, and then it gets just worse. this little epilogue. And you're like, oh, yes, yeah. please show this to me. I, I, need, okay. I need to see this. Yeah, I kind of need to start. I, I've started really light with, you know, the new the new horror movie Friday, which is at my new place, which is really far away from my old place. And we've got a bunch of new people. And I've been showing kind of like more comedic. And I'm like, you know, I kind of need to get back to my roots of like, this stuff that is really, really, really my jam. I was kind of surprised that we went with Ready or Not after like some more, some, some of the lighter fare, because usually we save the lighter fare for well, like, dude, you know, it's the like palate cleanser. I do, but um, it was it was kind of a hard blow, and we did have a wintry weekend where I went for something that I really loved, which was Tigers Are Not Afraid, and nobody came, <laughs> and. Uh, my horror movie Fridays have been a constant in my life for like seven years now. <laughs> I wanted to and come. I just couldn't walk off the couch. It was, and uh, Jesse like really wanted to see it, and his partner like had a surgery, yeah, uh-huh. uh, and literally couldn't leave them. I mean, it was people did want to come, but it was like that was a uh, you know because I was it was a blow, and I'm like, fun. I'll keep things kind of light for a while, and then I'll sneak in my stuff that I really like later. <laughs> And I know it wasn't anything about me, but, no, but, but I'm no. sensitive right now. I understand. <laughs> but the invitation, it's just, I still haven't seen Destroyer, which is the new one that she's done with Nicole Kidman. I um, wasn't it, into it. Yeah, it's it's very much more a, a broken woman as a detective. Yeah, it's undercover. like a cop movie. Yeah, but. I Yeah, I saw it as like a cop movie. I kind of fell asleep. But so anyway. maybe it does get all cool and weird. But I don't Nicole know. Kidman's amazing in it. She she just she is, is such an so, underrated actor right she now. Is so she is so haggard looking and yep. so exhausted and so plain. And I really like that. All right. Because she has done so many glamorous characters and it's fun Man, to see her. Brittle and harsh though really works for her. This is true. So, I'll be returning to that. <laughs> so my my next movie is one I can almost guarantee none of the rest of you have on your list, which is Tragedy Girls. Oh, that's fun. Because I know you love that movie. I loved that movie so much because I think because because of Gothic Charm School, I have to be in sync with the kids today, TM. And so I see a lot of stuff that's going on on the different social media sites. And the pervasive drive to be a celebrity online, especially for young women, because that's some of the only way they have power. So that's some of the only way they can they can get their views out there. So the idea of these young women doing a YouTube channel about horrific murders and then taking that next obvious, if you're a psychopath, step of well we can drive our ratings if we if we cause the murders and then you know have this constant stream of content we can talk about about how horrible these are and also <coughs> it's another look at how really close knit female friendships can go so badly wrong 
can they be repaired or is it going to be a constant competition? So yeah, in a way, it's it's this past 10 years version of Jennifer's body for me. Which yeah. only just barely missed because it came out yeah. like September of 2009. Yeah. yeah, but so I in some, I'm really sad that it only got a VOD release. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope it gets a broader release at some point because I think a lot of people should see it. And also it was just funny. I it, mean, was. it was. It does have some comedy bits in it. Black lit is funny. just pretty funny. But I just, and I know when you showed it, I was the person who was very emphatic about, no, this is brilliant. This is amazing. Yep. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, my number seven is one that's probably not on anyone's list either. My number seven is I Am Not a Serial Killer. God. Oh, it was I, fun. I loved I that movie. I have not seen it. I, I loved it almost as much as you did, but I fucking, I just thought it was so wonderful. But there is just something it did for you. It, it has, uh... It, 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 there, yeah, it's something that that it's not really funny. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a, it's, it is it's not sometimes a, a super duper like horror film. It's a real tense kind of thriller, very tense. Uh, and um, got it. Um, did you say you didn't see it, Jill? No, I did see it. That one I saw. Yeah, we we watched it uh, all together. Um, God. Um, Christopher Lloyd Christopher, is Christopher something. It is a lifetime performance. It is yeah. he is amazing in that movie. He is so good. He is he's heartbreaking with his wife. Yes. Yes. And then frightening. Yes, by turns. Yeah. And moment uh, to moment. Moment to moment. And it just it 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 struck a chord. I can't even explain why it struck a chord with me. There wasn't like some through line or some metaphor into my life. It was just the right moment. The right movie at the right moment to to hit me, and the like. I said, the performances are, are are really good. The movie is tight, um, and it's it's better than the book. <laughs> after, <laughs> after I watched the movie, I, I bought the book. Because it's actually like, a series. It, yeah, of there's books. a series of is books. There? Oh yeah. My God. yeah, there's several of them. It's a very different interpretation of the story, though. Yes, mm. it, it, the the story the story is much more of a uh, the like like the books of Dexter, like darkly being oh Dexter, okay, where there's you know the dark passenger, you know his that that sort of thing. Where, right. uh, be, but it's it's and and it just did not jive with me the way that the movie does keeping things uh more external than the internal monologues yeah. so okay. you're understanding this this kid more from a from a less explicit point of mm-hmm. view okay uh and and adds to it but yeah no i was not i'm not a serial killer just uh, blew me away and stuck with me like when I was, and i looked at the the list of movies and i was like that's 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 right there. I got to put that in. I'm just going to add in one little additional piece with it. Um, there haven't been very many movies that made me feel like I've gone home, back to Minnesota, oh. the way that I am not a serial killer did. Is that good or bad? <sighs> Do you mean geographically or emotionally? Geographically. Okay. That's um, it, that's my question. It was it was filmed in a couple little small towns in Minnesota, and it felt so Minnesotan. And I haven't gone back in a long time. And every once in a while, I kind of feel a qualm that I'm like, "Do you miss it?" And it really filled a little reservoir for me of of missing it and feeling like that was enough for me. 
Um, but it really just tangibly, like almost I could reach through the screen and touch its cold and it's like snowblown avenues. Mm. Um, it just really felt like what I remembered as home. Oh, yes. Rise. Oh, it's my turn again? It is yes. your turn. My number seven is also a movie which I don't think, which I know is not on anybody's list. I'm not even sure anybody has seen this movie. It is <laughs> called Fail. T-H-A-L-E. I heard a it bunch of good things about it. It is a Norwegian film in which these two guys are from the city are hired to go out into the country and tear down this cabin that's just falling apart. Their job is just they're going to do something with the land and they just want this cabin off of it. And they go inside the cabin and they see that it has a basement and they go down in the basement and there's this bathtub and it looks like it's filled with milk and there's like wire there's like tubes running into it and this girl is and there's a girl in it and it starts off with like this is it a mad scientist movie is this girl some kind of monster and it turns out that she is a mythological creature called a thale wow and it's i don't know if it was it, it's really magical. It's just, I just loved this movie she's got so like a, much. She has a, a cow's tail, tail huh? like a little tail, and she's kind of yeah, like yeah. hoofed and stuff. I, I was gonna watch that. I, it was in my Netflix queue for the you longest should, time. You should, if it's still available, you should watch it. I really liked it. I um, remember Ankoi was the one who recommended it. Yeah, yeah. It deals a lot with you love nature fairy, spirits and you fairy, love fairy tale, tale stuff. Movies, yeah. I have been deeply entrenched in reading a lot of fairy tale books lately yeah. that have been amazing. And then there was that thing that happened on that other show that I watch. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been really getting into fairy tales lately, and I'm definitely going to rewatch Thale because I just it's something about it. I just love it. It's like weird nature spirit stuff going on. It's like a Swedish movie, I think. Norwegian. Norwegian. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's on my list, and I hope that it this encourages other people to see it. Yeah, it's got to be better than uh, what was the movie that had the the same the, the theme song at the end. It's oh, not a movie that scared me so much as a movie that just made yes. me happy. Fail. Now it's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, then we watched this really bad movie that had kind of the same premise. It was of kind like of a feral creature. mythological girl, kind of a feral girl, and and the end. Power Ballad was the name of the movie song. Oh, 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 I know. And it was fucking horrible. It was such a bad and movie. It had Brad and it was Dwarf. by that, yeah. by that song. By the, like, it, was like, it was just fucking awful. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, <laughs> this movie almost wasn't almost like it, it kind of drifted on and off my list a couple of times. And there's other movies that, that maybe... It could have gotten on my list, but it just held a place, and it's The Babadook, which anybody who's talking about mes- best movies of the last ten years is going to bring up The Babadook. Yeah, I didn't put it on my list because I knew it would be on your on list. list. <laughs> and and the reason why... The reason why it really stayed with me is fighting to keep control of who you are while you're a parent means something more to me now than it did at another point in my life. Like, I never realized I would have to fight so hard while loving 
I mean, I love, I love being a parent and it breaks my heart every week when I lose half of my time with my daughter because I'm a divorced parent. Um, and that was the biggest thing I had to let go of when choosing to divorce was realizing I was going to be losing half of my daughter's time. But it is a fight to feel like you still get to take care of yourself as a parent. And also it is a fight to realize you're not a terrible person for not liking your child sometimes and that you can still love them and not like them sometimes. And yeah. that there has to be a balance in taking care of yourself and taking care of them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's kind of thankless. And so there's a little bit of this fight with the story of, is this a supernatural story? Is this just her depression? Um, and her grief. And, and, her, her grief. and her grief. And I like it because it's not often you see a movie which has a difficult relationship between a woman and a child. Yep. Even if she's not its mother. And I really appreciated that they showed that. Yes. Yeah. Because so often they make monsters of women if they don't like children. Or if they haven't found this perfect way to be maternal. There's so much demonization of women for not doing motherhood in a specific way. Yes. And there's a million ways to parent and be a mother. The angel of the hearth and mm -hmm. self-sacrificing. The bar, the bar is like, it's, it's unachievable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, and being done in, with these wonderful actors. And the people who just fucking hate the kid, yeah, I get it. There's a point in which that kid is really unlikable, but there's a point in every child's life when they're fucking unlikable. Yeah. And I'm not going to write them off entirely because, like, they're learning how to person and they're little shits. Like... <laughs> what? And this, yeah. this is actually something that I have had to explain to, again, the kids today, where, because there are a lot of these idealized posts that go around about relationships, about, you know, make sure you're in a relationship with someone who makes you happy and supports you and, you know, likes the same things you do. And I'm like, mm. you have to understand that in a long-term relationship, one of the successful points is where you can realize you will love this person and you will love them unconditionally. But there are times where you're like, I don't want to fucking be around you. Mm -hmm. Everything about you right now is driving me insane. Mm -hmm. yeah. We need to be in separate rooms so we can come back and still be in love. Yep. You cannot be think, with someone 100% yeah. of the time. And I, and I think also people need to realize that if you are truly going to invest in being in a long-term relationship with someone, that you're going to be falling in love with like six or seven or eight different people over the course of your life because you both are going to evolve. Right, you're yes. both. And because be you're different. not the same person you were when... 20 years ago. Yeah. No. And so you're going to have to learn to love that new person they've become or it's going to drive you apart. Yes. Um, and I know parenthood is much the same <laughs> thing. Yes. Where <laughs> who, who they are as an uh -huh. infant, who they are as a toddler is not necessarily the person they're going to grow up into being. But there's more there of the person they grow up to be than you would expect. Yep. Yeah. The one like, thing... Oh, go ahead. When I... Well, when Cameron was like six months old, the Cameron I know now, who is in college, still has some of the same qualities, yeah. and it's real weird to me how how young they have a personality. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like uh, I've got little videos from when Tekla was an infant and and holding her, and you'd see her not like something or <laughs> having you know you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's like, oh, she doesn't like that now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one of the. When I was talking about my best of this year, it really struck me how many of them were, were women's stories. But this last 10 years, 
I liked being in my mid 30s to now going into my late 40s over the last 10 years and having so many movies that allowed me to think about my relationships and my family and my acceptance of who I am and seeing huge overblown versions that are really terribly realistic Mm -hmm. but that I can identify with in anger and grief and depression and anxiety like that is something that's really getting touched on recently (laughs) you know (laughs) like I feel like I need to give you ten dollars for leading me into my movie excellent off to jail the final girls oh it's on my it's on yeah and I mean it's a great it's the construction of the slasher movie. Yep. But the fact that this, our lead character, she had such a difficult relationship <laughs> with her mother because her mother was yes. still trying to hold on to and work through, no, I'm going to be a successful actress. This is going to be the role that will break me out. And was so... And 90% of her energy and everything went into a career that never quite worked that never that, quite worked that and everything else was was secondary to yes and that not because she was a bad mother or a bad person yeah but this is what her focus was on yeah. and that the daughter had to do so much parenting and that opening scene where there somebody has to in the car <laughs> where the daughter is like mom these bills and her mom just crumples them and throws them out the window and says, let's Wee! not worry about that let's, let's go get milkshakes and then the daughter gets transported back into the world of that slasher movie that was her mom's big role mm-hmm. and then there's that little bit of success that she's been chasing all yep. of that time and then to that whole who knew that hearing the song betty davis eyes would would make us weep but that that scene where her where you've got the metatextual of her mother's character realizing oh no you are my daughter in this other world i am going to go and confront this monster this killer to save you you can't save me yeah, and I remember the first time I'm you finally it. going to do the thing that's hard. Yes, and speaking as someone who grew up with with a mother who who loved her as much as she was capable of, but had her own issues going on, seeing that moment was just like, and I'm gonna sob uncontrollably yep. now. And I really waffled back and forth about having this movie on my list because there were a couple others where I'm like. Uh, but I love this movie more, but oh my yeah. god, the final girls just hit me so hard in a in a particular yep. spot that I did not realize until like nine years ago was a big button for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> As Jen and I sit here going, Will not cry, will not cry. I know. <laughs> anyway. There you go, baby. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I, I, I'm living for what you guys are mentioning, but I'm like so looking at Jim because you are just bringing up stuff that I love. I love hearing what <laughs> what you love and, and it's just going to be different. And So my number six, <laughs> before we get into the, the nitty gritty of the top five, my number six is Paranorman. <gasps> oh, Oh, talk about another movie that hit oh an God, issue of mine and movie. made me cry. It is so but I, oh, love, that I love, movie. love that movie so much. That movie it's such an underrated movie is completely well. It's, it's so much of Leica is it gets yeah. Under, Coraline was their big bust out, which I think because it's like oh look, it's got goth girl kind of stuff. It's got that creepy button eye and stuff like that, and it was a good movie. 
Don't get me yeah. wrong. But, like, I really felt like Paranorman had the heart. Yeah. Uh, that that was kind of, like, Coraline was creepy and very, very frightening and had a lot of, you know, very strong issues in it. But Paranorman had yeah. had an emotional core to it that, that was lacking. Um, and just <laughs> this this movie about, that's that's ostensibly, you know, it's and it's kids' horror. It's yep, very yep. good kids' horror. Um, that this this boy that can talk to ghosts and is very nice to all of the ghosts. The ghosts are his friends, whereas you know other kids not so much. <laughs> um, but uh, the the this movie that is starts off as basically being like a a zombie witch movie kind of thing, and then transforms itself into being a movie about about. Uh, uh, bullying and about uh, 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 trauma and forgiveness and uh, it, the dealing you know, not not and not always forgiving but just like at least reconciling your past yes and being able to accept it and move forward mm-hmm. um, and and that it's done by children. The, like the, the, that they are children that are doing, that are giving and, and receiving these lessons. The little girl who is the center of that event, because we went and saw it in the theater, because we're mm-hmm. like, oh, this mm-hmm. is oh, going to yeah. be awesome. This is going to be adorable. And when yep. it gets to that scene, and she, you know, she's blipping in and out, and she's like, I want my mom. Yes. At which point, oh. Pete just, like, handed the stack of napkins to me, because he knew. He knew right there yeah. I was... Mm-hmm. Handed to me, too, because, yeah, it just Oh, yeah, me. that's, that's yeah. heartbreaking. I mean, whenever I suggest, oh, let's watch Paranorman, Pete's like, are you ready to cry? Yes. Because <laughs> like, we know what this movie does to you, but it was so yeah, good. Yeah, Coco's that way for me, too. Yeah. Coco is a... Yeah. Coco will rip my heart out. I Coco can't... I don't think you. I can watch it again. You know, Kubo I, and the Two Strings was really good, really good, and it, Box like, Trolls. But, Box but Trolls had, is so great. But it had I haven't actually watched that one. I haven't watched Box Trolls either. It's but, silly, but it's, but it's uh, but like Kubo's really good, but it's it's kind of formulaic. Okay, in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, still really you know, beautiful and everything. But just, yeah. I think that that's for my money. Paranorman is the the is peak Leica for oh, for hitting mm-hmm. all of the buttons. Yeah, and yeah. That is why absolutely. Makes not quite the top five, but, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely on there. All right, my number six is a movie that a lot of people that is very divisive. <laughs> Mine is a divisive movie. A lot of people I know love it and think it's amazing at ground paping, and a lot of people I know, some of whom might be in this room, really disliked it. And that movie is Mandy. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I need to watch it. It's got a guy in it that is so. Yeah, it's... Okay, I really like it. The reasons I like it are because the woman, the character of Mandy is into doing the same kind of art that I grew up looking at. She loves, like, the Frazetta stuff and the covers of those crappy fantasy novels from the 80s. And that image, that imagery keeps coming up again and again in the movie when he has a dream or when... For no apparent reason, Nicolas Cage just decides to forge himself a giant war axe. Sure. For no good reason. To fight the biker armies of Satan. And it's got... um, 
And I really like it. It's surreal and weird in a way that I found very, very enjoyable. And everybody that I've ever heard speak about Mandy, who who loves it the way that you do, it has just stayed with them. Yeah. It just wasn't my jam. Um, there's there's a guy that's a cult leader in there that rem- reminds me of Marjo Gortner. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no worries. Yeah, it, it's the person who did watch it and did not like it in the oh. movie. And I think as I, as I have thought about it, there's two halves to that movie. Mm. Uh-huh. Two very, two very plain halves. Two very distinctive parts. And is, I, it, is it pre and post? Yeah, and, yeah. and the pre part, I really, I, I hands down really liked the pre part. And honestly, I'd probably hands really enjoy the second part if it was part of a different movie. Because for me, it's like gluing, kind of the yeah, end. I can see the, that. The, the beginning is like the end of. Uh, uh, bad times at the El Royale. Mm. Uh, it, they, they, like towards the ending of that, it glues that to Evil Dead Two. Mm. You know, in, yeah. in, you know. The, I agree because the beginning, he's very much in love with this woman, and she's awesome. And they have a house that is built entirely out of windows that they have glued together and, somehow. I and love then that. A horrible thing comes in, and there's 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 tension and terror and horror and, and horror and genuine tragedy. horror. And then it. Like and then Sam Raimi steps in, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and there's a fire hose of blood, and and I enjoy Sam Raimi movies, and I enjoy the, the other the first kind, time, but it was, I can it see was that. such a change that yeah, it, like, yeah. It, it's yeah, like yeah. jumping into water and your heart stops because it's so cold. It's like yeah, yeah, that, it's that's like you're getting to see me. both of Nick, both of Nicolas Cage's aspects as an actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the. Oh, he can really act. That's amazing. And then you have the Bees! guy. Yeah, <laughs> okay, exactly. I can, I can see where that would be kind of disconcerting as a change. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, but yeah. The, so no, as, and I'm like, I'm reconciling it more. Like if I, like I said, so, I, I and really, I totally get why people like it. I really liked it. I liked the animated dream sequences, and I just thought it was trippy mm-hmm. in the old school sense of the word. <laughs> So that was my number six. Now we're getting into the serious territory. That's right. Mine, mine are literally all on the same scale because I didn't, I didn't like rate them like upper to lower. I, I just said so they're I like. I love all my children. I love all my children equally. equally. <laughs> um, I love the movie Hereditary, and in a lot of ways, Hereditary <laughs> should have been far too difficult for me. That's an honorary mention for me. It's um, my number one. And (laughs) um, Hereditary should have been too much for me. And I don't understand how I've been able to watch it a couple of times because it should have been too much for me. Yet in some ways, it comforts me because it exists and I'm watching this woman survive it until... It's the worst possible... Mm-hmm. It is Grief. the worst thing that can happen. It is the worst thing that can happen. It's the worst way you can deal with your grief. But it's not even just that. Right. But because that's, that's like the underlying. It, it is. But part of what gets me with her is her existence before the worst thing that happens. Yeah. That she has survived a woman who's horrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And has ruined her family. And and you don't realize until almost you've watched it a couple of times how Horrible. detrimental her mother was yeah. to her and her brother. 
Yeah. And even, to even her with father. Even without the tragedy that occurs. Or even without the the overarching, like really weird aspect. Yeah. I mean, and that was the driving force of why her mother was fucking horrible. But the fact that she is just and and yet managed to have like a fairly loving relationship with her husband and her children. Yes. And and it's just <laughs> like I'm like, what do I say? It is it's but she's she's done it and she goes day to day and she still succeeds and it's one of those movies where I'm not angry at and this is heading into spoiler territory. Spoilers! Um spoilers. I it is one of those movies where I don't get angry at her at her falling down at the end at 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 her not being her her not winning and being successful at the end of it because she did everything she could and i respect i respect that it was like she gave she gave more than she was physically capable of yes and didn't whereas like sometimes like i I still like, need to quit shitting on uh, Lords of Salem, where I feel like she stubbed her toe and she's like, fuck it, everything. Like, fuck everything. Like, I stubbed my toe and fuck everything's going to hell and Satan and stuff. Uh, I will argue that you there's never a bad time to shit on Lords of Salem. It's, it it <laughs> but, got a mission it, as, it, oh my God, why of the yeah. decade. Um, but there's movies that anger me when they've tried so hard and they don't they don't succeed like this movie like you're like okay this hereditary for me keeps coming back to two different things one is wow family therapy gang this would have solved a whole bunch of problems for you maybe not the overarching supernatural part she she was working on therapy and like yeah but not not with the The family family needed and two hands down two of the creepiest scenes I have seen in the past because there's that shadowy that shadowy moment where you actually look up in the corner and you're like oh no and then the the attic door yep oh, and then bang 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 bang, bang, bang. yeah that's yeah um, what I will say is um, there's some movies that just pair like like they like resolution leads to the endless mm-hmm. and um, I had a really hard choice between Hereditary and Midsummer, but I would not have found Midsummer without Hereditary. Um, and so, to me, they're both like in there. Mm-hmm. But Hereditary hurt, and Midsummer elevated me. Like, see, much yeah, like, much like you, my movies, my selections weren't in any particular order. So I'm just kind of bouncing off what other people have saying before me, which means I'm going to talk about Midsummer. Yay! Because as soon as I... I would have seen that movie even without having seen Hereditary mm-hmm. beforehand. And there are no surprises to that movie. That movie, you... If you know anything about folk horror, yep. you know from going in how this is all going to go down. Uh-huh. You know what that ending is going to be. And they tell you! And they tell you that <laughs> because that mural at the beginning... That Have you seen our storyboard? <laughs> yeah, here's the beautiful folk mural, which is currently the desktop image on my work computer. Which, <sighs> when I was working from home the other day and Pete saw that he's like, you are just wrong in the head, girl. <laughs> but... <coughs> It's such a beautiful and painful look at how 
women are socialized to hold their emotions in and their emotions down because they need to make other people around them comfortable and they stay Mm -hmm. in relationships that aren't good for them because they don't want to make other people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. What if I'm being too much? What if I'm asking him to take on too much of my emotional baggage? And that, that scene where she is in the bathroom hiding her face in her hands and trying to restrain the sobbing and then she walks out of the bathroom and is in the airplane and she's got that smile back on her face Mm -hmm. that was the moment where i'm like oh 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 god and we have all done that at some point we have all done that at some point and as as i told jen when we were sitting after we saw it in the theater and I was like, you know, if I had seen this movie in my early 20s, I probably would have gotten out of certain relationships I was in faster. Mm-hmm. This would have brought some things home to me. And when Pete finally watched it with me, and this is where we head into spoiler territory, at the end of the movie, he was like, okay, he they totally deserved that, and he totally deserved that, but... Oh, ah, and then for the rest of the night, I'm like, honey, do I need to reassure you that I love you and I'm not going to sacrifice you and stick you in a bear suit? And he's like, I don't want to say yes, but yes. Aww. Okay. And I'm like, that's that's fine. I love you and I totally sacrifice someone else. Yes. Mm-hmm. You are not going <laughs> to go into the bear. Okay. So, and also the aesthetic of it. Just uh, beautiful. Uh, it dream, is really like, weird beautifully aesthetic. aesthetic. I need to go home and make more flower crowns now. Oh yes. my God. So, and, the, and then the picture of her just at the end, where she's literally a mountainous mound of flowers. And again, you and I have talked about that, that a way a movie can really find a way into our hearts is, and at the end, she accepts her dark powers. I, yes. Yep, that's a big thing to me as well. Yes. Yep. So, so that is why Midsummer is in my top five. So my number five mm-hmm. is a movie that was not originally on my list. And then I happened to, after I finished watching uh, uh, Evil Dead, I saw it in my, my purchased movies, and I was like, you know, let me, let me look at a couple of scenes out of that one. And I went, you know what? I really fucking love this movie. Okay, and that movie is Colossal. Oh, oh my God, I love that movie. Colossal is so good. It's amazing. You're right. That's gonna that is that is on my desk on my list. It is an amazing film, completely mismarketed Mm -hmm. because all of the trailers were like, "Come watch this zany comedy about the woman who can who is like controlling a monster or something." Uh It's wacky. No, it is not wacky. No, it It is. is. Oh, it's awesome. It is serious, terrifying, and. All of the horrible issues that it, it uncovers, and and you, there's the broken relationship. Here are the her. red flags you can see from a mile yeah, away in this relationship. If you're just moving into a house and someone brings you a ton of furniture and a new television that you didn't ask for, it, but and then you shames didn't you ask for, like, for it, yeah. and then yeah, and then shames you for not taking it. The people who don't understand colossal and are like. It came from out of nowhere. What are you talking about? Are the people who um, are arguing that the boyfriend wasn't that bad in Midsummer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see a definite... I, I, that Venn diagram blind, overlaps. A, a, blind, a blind side. Yeah, uh-huh. I, you know. I did not 
pick up on it, much like, you know, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane and stuff like that, where I, I do not pick up on things. But, he could, but sitting just, next to me in the theater also could on like, my list. No, feel. Yeah, Jen is just tensing up the entire yep. time, and I'm yep. like, putting my arm Something's around happening. her. And just like, it's something, yeah. you know, she's, but I'm like, I did not detect all of this stuff. And then, you know, but on a rewatch, it's like, nope, right there, right there, right there. Yeah. You have to see it. But like, her relationship with the boyfriend that she, that dumps her, that kicks her out at the very beginning, is real. I mean, like, yeah. it, it's, mm-hmm. there's no good guy, there's no, I mean, she's, she's pretty ass at the beginning. She's, she's not yeah. great. But, like, the whole core of it where she, as she grows over the course of the film, and, and there's no, like, there's no bad person in that relationship, and just the, the ending is amazing, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, I love that movie, and it would have been on my list had I remembered it. <laughs> yeah, and I, like I said, I watched, I mostly just, I was like, I want to rewatch the parts with the monster in it, just because yeah. that's, but, the, cause, but then the parts around that monster where there all these horrible things are happening in her life and I was just like this movie is so good yeah mm-hmm. so boom number five colossal Whew. great movie well chosen that's you you're Me again I You're know again. my number five movie is a movie called a dark song oh it's so close it I is, need to watch that I need to watch it's that it's about a woman who is grieving the loss of her child and she hires a a wizard <laughs> a guy who is very deeply into and very good at ritual magic she hires Alan Moore basically <laughs> yes okay and <clears throat> Alan Moore is like <laughs> And Alan Moore shaved Alan gives Moore. her a list of things that she needs to do in order for the spell that he has to do to work. And it involves I need at least I need at least two hundred pounds of raw meat. You have to be able to not leave this house for ninety days. Because if you leave you will damn us. Because if you leave we will be damned. They're buying like fifty pound bags of salt. And making this giant line of salt around the house. And it's just the weight of the magic in that movie. The cost that you have to pay to do this kind of magic were amazing. And it felt it felt real to me. Much more so than when you're watching a movie and... Yeah. It, it's not Sabrina the Teenage Witch magic. Where you just <laughs> mutter a rhyming couplet and suddenly the devil's there to help you. Nope. You have to you have to very nearly die to pay mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. That's why I want to see it. That's why I'm gonna to, show it. Yeah, will, you I need to see it and it. I desperately want to see it, it again. again. Um it's so funny because you guys are like top five and I have like two movies left because I did a that's double fine. up of my movie. Top five. Um it was so wonderful like, introducing new people oh that should have been on my list to that to that movie um i am going to go with stoker oh that should have been on my list too oh i i that, knew it was going to be on somebody that list. movie is so much greater than the sum of its parts because the movie, the, the 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 screenplay itself, written by Wentworth Miller, um, he's he's since written other movies that didn't quite hit the levels that this movie did. This movie was wonderful because yes, it was an interesting story, but 
it was elevated beyond what it could have been by the director, who is the director of Old Boy and yeah. um, and the Vengeance trilogy. And it is it is beautiful. This movie makes me angry that I can't find um, that Russian film that had the beautiful. Oh, what a pretty cat. There's a cat outside. Tuxedo kitty. I love how they... We had a raccoon during a party <laughs> that was doing the this walk and then couldn't figure out how to get down. Oh, yeah. So they, they walked back and forth. <laughs> um, Nightwatch? Nightwatch. Um, because I originally saw it with the animated subtitles, which oh. adds so much to the film. And Is I that- have bought that fucking movie what year did that come times? out because i had it on my list and i took it out because it said it came out too early no she's not saying that was on her list she was saying oh it's she's saying okay to i'm like wait no, i no, no. it off my list um but no uh the the beauty of the subtitle mm-hmm. or not the subtitles but the credits, yeah, the credits. And, and and the 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 thing where she's brushing her hair and it goes it drifts down into mm. a field of wheat like there's there's things that lift this movie past what it could have been um and it's like how did this even happen and the fact that um the anger and strength of the young girl like yeah just like i wanted to like i wanted to just splash it on my face and it's because it's it's a modern day gothic because yes. when you showed it i was like oh 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 i know how yeah, this is going. going yeah <laughs> and the oh all the gothic tropes but turned into a yeah. like modern Nicole family Kidman. with secrets and and just oh it's just so good and yeah nicole kidman playing very brittle again yep she okay. found her niche all right off to you um so we're at four Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Starry eyed. Starry eyes. Starry eyes is uh, the last one that I had on my uh, list. I mean, again, looking at what you will do for fame, how trying to become known in your career as, and again, this goes back to like tragedy girls, but you know, what are you going to do for that recognition? And also the body horror in it the body horror is so good when i when i finally got a copy and rewatched it i was like oh that's right this is really fucked up and gruesome this is excellent but the thing that that really got to me was having been someone in the music industry and <laughs> trying to decide what i was what sort of sacrifices was i willing to make to have a career in the music industry and my deciding no i'm not I'm not going to go intern six months every six months and be the girl who makes coffee. But seeing how this woman decided what she wanted to do, and also the backstabbing of just the low-key mean girl backstabbing of anyone else in that trying to make it as an actress or make it as a performer was just so real. And again, it was another movie where I went and read reviews. People were like, well, it seems over the top. You know, people's relationships aren't like that, and it's like you have—you aren't someone who's tried to make it in performing arts, are you? You—you you have not seen how this goes. And and my favorite is thing with this movie because this was also the last one that I had on my list. And and being that I've combined a couple of things, I might bring something up from the honorable mentions. Um, what I will say is what I love with this movie is as well. 
you see those interactions, you're like, yes, I have like seen LA culture and that's, yes, that is exactly how horrible it is. Yep. What I will say, my very favorite thing is the wrap up where you're like, oh my God, she's not really a reliable narrator. No. Like, was everyone really as bad as she painted them to be? Or has this just been going horribly, horribly, horribly wrong? And we're seeing this through the veil of like, how like this this was this was (laughs) the way she needed to see it to evolve at the end to justify the choices she was making yep (laughs) no one is the villain of their own story so yeah yeah. so yeah I love I love that movie anyhow I think that's what's happened is I've had to cross a couple of things off because other people and and with talking with them I've been able to yeah You've been able to cover what you Yeah, like. yeah. So, there you go, Jim. All right. My number four is the first time that I'm going to uh, cheat a little bit in my uh, in my list by combining some films. In this case, it's a pretty natural combining of films because it's It Chapter 1 and It Chapter 2. Okay. So, it's It yes. is number four. Um, as a fan of the old Tim Curry, well, the first half of the old yeah. Tim Curry. Right. Um, and you know, I still God, love it. God bless the cast of the original one. It's just that the writing for the second half was not there. They tried to do, and it still kind of wasn't. And, and, and they, but it's way better in this. Oh one. no, they do yeah. improve upon and, it. And I, the, they, they diverged from the book, uh, particularly in the ending, and in a way that I felt was thematic. Yeah. Yes, fit like the core themes of the film instead of being like. Stephen King's coke-fueled appropriation <laughs> of Native American ritual magic kind of and thing. Other and other things that are really awful. <laughs> and magical boyhood, because when I reread oh, yeah. it recently, I'm like, oh, and then there's the magical bicycle ride that... Saves the wife. Yeah. And, yeah. And why? Where? Okay. The Stephen I, King's got a thing about young boys, and I don't mean a sexual thing at all in any way, the, but I mean a thing of... That he that idealized magical boyhood exactly idealized magical boyhood is what I mean yeah and and the innocence of them and everything the the purity of and not not like and also the mentally handicapped are also pure and able to see otherworldly things and I don't and it's not purity is not like you know oh they are sinless or anything it's the purity of which they like that they feel things like they feel. Pure terror. Stand by. Pure, they're, they're scared. Yeah. When they're scared, it is a pure scare. When they love, it is a pure love. It is right. Everything Stand by is me really is strong. very much yeah. a story about yeah. that. And and while I am okay with the you know magical last bike ride because it that part did fit with the, fits with the theme for me that mm-hmm. there is a a power to the belief of childhood. Yeah. Um, and that that you have these strong beliefs in in things and that he one last time recaptures it. Yeah, you doing the bike ride. That's that fits thematically for me. Uh, but like the 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 whole difference to the the ending, they they kept that off. You know, of course, Sarsgaard is just freaking oh, amazing. He's so good. Yeah. Um, the horror. You know, you talked about uh, where you know it's like you know where she said the in Paranorman. I want my mom. You know. When at the very beginning, where Georgie is screaming for his brother, because yeah. his, it's that mm-hmm. it's something that will hit me every single time. That right. It is that appeal to the magical higher power that yeah. that is going to save me, whether or not it's mom, whether or not it, you know, in his case, it's the brother that that 
they yeah. they they call for it because it's the thing that that's always there to protect them and always there to save them and then it but it's not that time yeah and it it fails and that horror of that moment that that extreme terror and and sadness it hits me every single time uh, and this movie did that so well uh, just at multiple points where the mm -hmm. the, the kids were. I have not terrified. seen part two yet. Uh, the part two, the, the, I'm going to. The, the adult performances are are so we good. We should do a horror movie Friday where we do the first one and then the followed by the yeah. second one. I I keep going back and forth on whether or not I want to own those movies <laughs> because on the one hand they are exceptionally good and they're great adaptations of that source material which is like three quarters of one of my favorite Stephen King books on the other hand holy shit Pennywise the clown the I know on the other no. hand clowns and spiders I exactly. mean it's just like it's all right there <laughs> it's all right there my two big phobias Pull right it there in. on Push the screen away. <laughs> all right so my number my number four is the invitation, but we already talked about that, so I'm going to choose something from my alternates list, mm -hmm. and I'm going with a movie called Green Room. Ah, 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 to ah. Total, all, total honorable mention for me, because uh -huh. as we said at the time when we watched it, it is an amazing, tense, fantastic horror film that we will never watch again. <laughs> oh, I've seen I it twice. Oh, but, no, yeah. that is, I can't. No, But yeah, and I like Green Room because those kids in that... It's about some kids in a punk band who run afoul of a bunch of white supremacists and they kind of get trapped in this club. But every one of us knew or was one of those punk rock kids in that yep. band who yeah. went out and played Nazi punks fuck off just to piss off the, the, the guys who the, the Nazi punks. Yeah. yeah. That is um, a masterfully done movie. It is an amazing movie. It is so good and so messed up. And it's not like... You know, it's not like a horror movie with a supernatural villain. It's mm -hmm. a it's a thing that could actually happen. Yes. Yes. Pete wants to watch it, and every time you know we see it go by on like Netflix or something, I'm like, you can watch it when I'm not home. I cannot rewatch that film. I mean, we'll be able to watch. I mean, I, I might might be able to watch it now. I, th I definitely think in a couple of years I'll it's, be able to watch it again. And Patrick Stewart as yes. this horrible skinhead. Yep. It was yeah, it was masterfully done. But that was the movie we had to take a break in. Yeah, we had to we, pause yeah. like halfway through. Hilariously, so, we watched that at my parents' house when they were out that's of town. Right, we did. I think they were out of town. Yeah, they yeah. were out of town, and I was like, "Hey, let's have horror movie Friday at my parents' house," and we watched Green Room. That was such yeah. Green Room is a really good movie, but whereas a lot of the movies I'm talking about are, or that we're we're talking about are movies that are really fun. And Green Room is not a fun movie. No. It is a really good movie, but it is no fun. And, and it is, like like a lot of the movies, is like, oh, you really like fairy tales. This movie has nothing nothing supernatural or anything about it. Everything from, from the violence and the conflicts and everything is all very realistic. There's mm -hmm. no, like, super-duper <laughs> gunfight battles nope. or anything like everything that. Everything is real and it's something it's, that could it really is, happen. It's almost it like a it's like a true crime story. It's like a, it's like life. It's nasty, yeah. brutish, and short. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel I, short. I That's what they say about me. <laughs> I remember, and I can't even... It was at the very beginning of the movie and things are starting to happen and nothing, like, dangerous is happening and yet it gives you this atmosphere of peril where you start becoming afraid, and you're not even really sure why, but you're just 
feeling it's anxious and uncomfortable. It, it just yeah. uncomfortable yeah. and anxious. Yeah. So like Rias, because we've covered a bunch of my movies, I'm going to draw uh, from from a what is it in in, in uh, isn't there like a sports ball thing where they bring in somebody from the uh, the bench, the alternate, the alternates? I'm bringing in an alternates, and I looked through my my honorable mentions, and the one that that hits my heart the hardest that I think has to that deserves to be brought up is your next, which I actually just rewatched recently, and you know I've covered this movie a billion times on this podcast. I. I just love this movie. It's it's got the most uncomfortable family dinner scene on the face of the planet. Um, it's darkly funny in this horrible way that you know when he goes after his brother and Tekla, you have to leave because I cannot talk about what I love about this movie um, with a small child in the room. In the room, I love you. Go have some ice cream or something. I love you, <laughs> Tekla. If you don't want to hang out anymore. You can just, like, play a game or something. Just nothing loud. Okay. All right, love you. Um, the point in which he is literally uh, killing his brother. Spoilers. And he's like, why won't you die? Don't you understand how difficult this is for me? And you're just like, oh, fuck you, man. You are a fucking horrible person. Like, I can't wait until you die. <laughs> and... It's just, <coughs> I don't know why, like in the song, uh, the bringing up the magic or something, like, God, that, like, once I watched this movie, like, that song played over and over in my head for, like, a month and a half to the point where it became kind of painful. <laughs> um, but yeah, God, I just fucking loved that movie. Had that as an honorable mention tied, uh, paired off with the guest. For yep. obvious reasons. Obvious uh, reasons. Yeah. Uh, but because right. they're both both wonderful films and, and yeah. different, you know, other than like weird things happening with families that where a foreign person comes into the family is basically the only connective tissue yep. between right. them. But Brimstone and Also, <laughs> the guest stars uh, one of the actors from Colossal. Mm, true. So. All right. Off to so Joe. The uh, English boyfriend. The Witch, oh, a New England folktale. It's uh, on my honorable mentions. I'm, because, again, I was that weird kid who read a lot of folklore magic and obsessively read about the Salem Witch Trials. So I was able to be like, I know what source material he's using. I know what source material he's using. Uh -huh. I know where this is coming from. And again, women accepting their dark powers. Yes, I want a pretty dress. I want the taste of butter. I want to live deliciously. Yeah. Let me sign your name in my book. Oh, my horrible family has died. Oh, well. And if, if we'd have been doing a top 15. Yeah. Like, it would have been yeah, on my list. Yeah, it was on mine, and then it came off because I knew it would be on somebody else's. And it's such a beautifully filmed movie. It is. And, and upsetting. And upsetting. And because good. And when I got my when I got the copy of it, and watched it recently and, and rewatched it and Pete was watching it with me and he was like, I have forgotten so much about this movie. I've forgotten all these things that happened and God, it's fucked up and I don't think I have nerves for horror movies anymore. <laughs> I'll watch them with you, but I don't know. And there are just some amazing... The twins. And the, the twins. And, and the raven. The against each other. Yeah, and it's just, it's one of those movies where... All through it, I'm like, yes, yes, I know what is going uh -huh. on here. And yes, I am that's for exactly it. how I felt. I was like, <laughs> Montague Summers is close to this movie. 
I just yes, exactly. So that's we what, all grew up reading Montague Summers collections of yes. witchcraft, witchcraft stories and, and werewolves vampire stories and, and yes. folklore from it's around the world. Why I loved that movie so much. Yeah, me too. All right, Jim. All right, my number three. I cheated with number four. Number three is the biggest cheat that you will probably ever hear on a list ever. Because my number three is the Conjureverse. God damn it! Except That's for the in- nun. Except for the nun. <laughs> it's it's on my list. It's on my list. The Conjuring, and then I wrote Universe. Yeah. Because, yeah. because I agree completely. It changed... I mean... It it is a something that is giving is giving us more every single year. Yeah. Did you guys see Annabelle Homecoming? Yeah. And yeah, we showed home. it. Yeah, oh my first, god, it's that, hilarious! It's first I love movie. it. I need to watch that. Yep. It was our Ameri- uh, Annabelle it's, Comes Home was our, our first horror yeah, movie Friday. Yeah, we we what we, we watched comes it because yeah, yep. it was comes home to our new house and you know we just it's I, as I said I was like I'd forgotten how tense that movie is because it like starts <laughs> off it establishes the characters and then they go you know like the Warrens leave. And, and then, then it's just like, basically like don't go in that room where all of our evil supernatural all of the stuff muscles in my neck and shoulders and for another like was terrifying another like hour and fifteen minutes it's just like I'm just a, a, a knot and See, yeah, I felt like it was like watching a pro wrestling battle royale where all of the evil creatures are out at once and they're gonna fight. And I loved it. It was yeah. wonderful. The set dressing was fucking gorgeous. Oh my god, that all... was the house I grew up in. Yeah. That was yeah. so you can 1970s. Taste the 70s. Oh yeah. yeah. The I... characters are all all have fully realized motivations so that you feel mm-hmm. for where, where you yeah. wanted to hate them for being teenagers, but then you're like, oh honey, oh yeah. that's why oh you're being... part of the reason that the conjuring verse is is on my list and so so up in the you know, immediately one of the things I thought of is because especially the first two movies mm-hmm. are the perfect distillation of every one of those quote unquote true life <laughs> real haunting stories of those uh, lurid paperbacks you can buy worries. on the spinners at the grocery it's, stores that I obsessively read and then you know obsessively didn't sleep because of and yeah and when we watched the second one the one that's set in England mm-hmm. and I did you like, say that's like oh, yeah. Pete's mom's that, house that was the house Pete grew up in that, and you know that I have stayed the <laughs> night in so that's why I'm like oh no 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 I know this exactly out and this is not good <laughs> The uh, uh, yeah, the, the I, I know that uh, there's some question about rights and everything like that to be able to do the Amityville horror. God, I want them as, to and, you know, so with, bad with Conjurverse Warrens, but honestly, Who terrible like, people. Like, I know. The, yeah, the very first Conjuring is so much thematically mm-hmm. like the the Amityville horror, like it, the, yeah. that really good haunted house that, that's full of evil and, and everything. And, and, Ed and Lorraine Warren w- would not shut up about all the work they did in Amityville, even though they were only there once for like half an hour. Yes. And well, that's because they're terrible people. Yes. They are, but this the movie is, versions are so delightful and exactly. so sweet. It's like, Monty's like, you still, he's like, you complained about Ed and Lorraine Warren for decades before this movie came out. And I'm like, yep, still can't stand them in real life, but I love these movies. I think it is a great, I think it is. When you admit that it's fiction, yes. awesome. I, I, in a lot of ways, you know, the controversy and Ed and Lorraine Warren in these movies. There's a people, you know, argue and have online and everything about mm-hmm. like, well, this media is problematic. But then the counter, the, the thing that everybody says too is just like, look, you can like problematic media just so long yeah. as you acknowledge the that issues that it has. Yeah, exactly. This is like an encapsulation. Of, we, I can 
absolutely say Ed and Lorraine Warren are pieces of shit and they yes. are problematic as all hell. But the Ed and Lorraine Warren in the movies, in the movies are, are delights. And and uh-huh. as long as you have that acknowledgement and that separation, you're not glorifying the Warrens so much right. as you are appreciating the archetype yeah. they the, could have yes, been. The, yeah. the, the Conjuring, I've been meaning, I've been trying to rewatch for like three weeks now. But every time I start to put it on, because I've talked about it so much, Pete wants to watch it with me. Every time he, we get like 15 minutes in, and he's like, I can't handle this right now, and can we watch it during daylight? And then yep. we just, we don't get the scheduling yep. set together. I watched The Conjuring in the theater the night before Monty left for a trip to um, Germany for a week. Oh, wow, no. And the next morning I woke up, and I still do not know where this came from, but there was a long gray hair on my pillowcase. <laughs> and I was like, I think it may have come from that yak skin rug. <laughs> but even so, it was terrifying. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, yes, number three, Conjureverse. I mean, if you're going to talk about movies of the decade that I really enjoy, yeah. that's... Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to choke my top ten with just nothing but those films. Oh, right. no, I right. agree. It is a really great cinematic universe, and I'm yep. all for it. And, and if something was going to give us yearly installments, I'm so glad it's not Saw anymore. Yeah. Or and not as terrible, but bless its heart. It tried real hard. Um, so what's your next? Um, are we on number three now? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've yes, run, I've run through my ever. list, and I'm I, I know yeah. you've, you've, people have kind of bounced around a little bit. My number three is Get Out. I am so glad you mentioned that because I think it's such an important movie. I'd kind of tie Get Out and Us. Yeah, like I love them both. Yeah, existing. I like I like both. I, I really I like both existing, and I've seen both a few times. Mm-hmm. But Get Out is the one for that I just I love. I love the mad science aspect. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. the fact that this is a movie starring people who are not white. And this movie made a lot of money and won an Oscar. And now there's tons of movies out with people who aren't white. Yes. Not as many as there should be. Yeah. But you're seeing more of it. And I feel like it's kind of signaling a change in the genre that I like. And I really hope that that trend continues. Yes. And also, genuinely scary. It was the 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 when you're the the scene with the woman who is smiling oh. and oh. tears are running down her face, and then it, no. when you realize what no. happened at the end of the movie, and it's just like, oh, oh my god, it's horrible. Yes, yeah, I, I love that because the concept is so heartbreaking, and because. And there were people who were trying to defend the daughter. It's like, oh, she, she didn't really know her family that were bad. that oh, bad. Hell she yeah. had a box of those pictures. She was evil. Even the actress herself was like, like, no. She's like, no, that character is just evil. She knows what's going on. She knows what she's doing. And she knows that she's going to get a new body when she gets old. Yes. And I'm like, Try, yep. stop trying to make the pretty white girl blameless. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. the horrible fucking yep. things that she did. So yeah. I, I know I told this back when we originally talked about this, when I don't think Rias was around for it, but when we went and saw Get Out in the, the theater, mm-hmm. I I did oh. have some question about whether or not she because was. Because you went to the bathroom. Because I went to the bathroom ah. right at the point where she hits him over the head. Yep. So I, I, I saw them start to confront him, and I'm like, I cannot hold this any longer. And I, I, I had to run out for it, and I came back, and he's, you know, been captured. And so I didn't like, see her, like, turn on him completely. That she did that, yeah. And I'm like, 
then she I just see her like holding the the the, the box and it's she's like and I'm like is she like really her really just, her parents yeah. are forcing her to do this and she's really like man I really loved all of these people and these are the ones that I've lost or whatever oh my god and then you know then they're like oh no Jen, and that terrifying like, no, no, adoption scene like those are her fucking baseball cards of yeah. like you know look at I had this one and then I had this one and then I had uh-huh. this one yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah and I love that movie because <laughs> I am also frightened of wealthy white people <laughs> As we should be. As we should be, actually. <laughs> we've we've yeah. seen the fucking damage they're doing yeah. right yeah. now. So I had, uh, I, I I did not have Us or Get Out on my list, simply because they are fantastic movies. Mm-hmm. I did not want them to be two of my top three, if not my top two movies. You know, right. both Jordan Peele movies, because they are... I think some of the best movies of the decade. I, I get out yeah. is get out is much more straightforward of a horror movie than mm-hmm. us. Us has like layers and layers and yeah, layers. Yeah, I really to get love through. us because it has those layers. Yeah, but it, it, but it's also it's it's because of that it takes a little more effort to get into than get mm-hmm. out does. Yeah. yeah, but like they're both so amazingly good. But I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna put I those know, off to the side. But those are the some of the best movies, but sometimes the best movies are not our favorite movies. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I can rewatch both of them uh, relatively yeah. easily. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but like I said, they're they're on a, on the best movies for me. They're they're top two, definitely top yeah. three. But yeah, I was just like, uh, I'm a, I'm gonna put put those to the side. So no no offense, Jordan. <laughs> um, again, I am uh, because uh, some of my movies have been mentioned. I kind of covered them. I'm bringing another one up from my honorable mentions that was both on my top ten list and pushed off a couple of times, and that is a girl walks home alone at night. That was also one of my honorary. And it's just, you know, I. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't on my list. I I love it because it's a beautiful new telling of a vampire story. Mm-hmm. Um, I love because it's so culturally different than anything I would ever see day to day. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason why this is an important movie to me is I made a decision the night I saw this that changed my life for the better. Um, And and it both negatively and positively impacts how I see this movie. Um, but this movie, because of that, is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and it hits a lot of the notes with me that are the reasons why I love The Mandalorian, where you're seeing a, a, a futuristic movie um, that has this notes of Ennio Marconi, like, in the distance. Uh-huh. Um, this is This is a movie that is strange and in a culture I'm not familiar with but you can hear the strains of the Italian western off yeah. in the distance and there's a body pit and there's Just a random and there's a random body pit and well, what are you going to do with those bodies and i you know i love it for the for what we kind of discussed with um let me in or let the right one in um where why she's so amazing is because she's so alien mm-hmm. um under the skin which is another of my Speaking of alien, yeah, weird, weird yeah, alien it's it's yeah. it's on my honorable mentions. Um, but that's why it's so scary is because it's so foreign. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so on to you. So I am also going to bring a movie up from my honorable mentions list, and uh, this is going to be a surprise to no one. The Lodgers. 
Ugh. The Lodgers, because that was such such just, a traditional, it's such a beautiful enclosed Gothic story filmed in this you know beautiful tiny Irish village in this amazing dilapidated house, and the sins of the past are literally embodied yeah. by these nightmarish creatures coming up out of the water-filled basement, and it was just. <laughs> amazing and when we first saw the trailer and i'm like oh hello hello i am here for this and it got such a limited theatrical release Mm -hmm. it was what here in seattle for like one weekend and you and i made sure to go see it and then i i i generally don't buy things on vod so i'm like i can't buy this yet i can't buy this yet i don't want to just buy digital yeah they finally finally released it on physical media so i have a blu-ray of it that i can rewatch and cackle delightedly at the dilapidated house and horrible (laughs) things and random eels and dishes (laughs) it's just so good and there's a hedge maze and yep just fucking gorgeous oh so pretty so on brand for me all right my number two is a movie that is not going to be on any of your lists it is probably not on the best lists of anybody else in the world but it's number two on mine and that is lights out oh that movie made you so delightedly happy i have watched that movie so many times now because it's 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 just like it's kind of like a comfort film kind of thing except it's you know it's scary but it's again it's it's got a it's got a good creature design it's not Mm -hmm. great but it's good it's if you see one in a lot of shadows when you see it more illuminated it's a little more pedestrian but yeah. when you see it in shadow and everything like that it's terrifying it's it's wonderful but it's it's fun it's not too it's not like in depth or anything like that it's not like a real hardcore horror movie but all of the characters in it are realized they all have heart and very yes. plain motivation every one of them you there's no character in there that you don't like mm-hmm. um the uh, the 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 movie is just it's just got a heart and a soul to it that really appealed to me, as well as having some good, really creepy, scary moments in it. Yeah. Where you're just like, whoa, that was fucked up. Uh, that's no good. And then <laughs> and, and, and it and it doesn't blow it at the end with like no. a, a post credit stupidity. No, yeah. it, it it's one of those few movies that I that I've watched where you know I don't feel like it shits the bed at the end. and, nope. and it did really well. It did as far as that goes. It's kind of, you know, is it is it kind of cotton candy as far as horror goes? Absolutely, but it's got it's got a heart and a soul, and that's why I love it. Yeah, it can be cotton candy. This again, I don't like to definitively say that these are the best movies of the decade. Mm-mm. It's more the mm-hmm. movies I like best of the decade. Yes, for mm-hmm. me. Yes, because once you get into is it definitively a good movie. You're just cutting out a lot of things that and, you might love. And you're love. being really subjective at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, my number two is It Follows. That movie scared me so much. It was so freaky. There's a naked guy on a rooftop for no reason. I it is it was going to be my 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 next uh pulling up from the from the, the B lineup. Um I just thought it was such an interesting story to tell and in a different yeah. I love stuff that uh-huh. is that it, it takes place in the time that isn't yeah and yep. um and I and again I love that stuff where it comes from out of nowhere and is creepy and wrong and and scary um I loved I loved uh, the the first one of the first visuals of of it coming for them 
and you see, isn't it a patient? It looks like somebody mm-hmm. in a hospital gown yeah. Yeah. that's just randomly yeah. walking towards, and yeah, you're like, walking. what is that? Like, why is there a person just walking toward them? Yeah. What, what, what is, is that? that? And then all of a sudden, everything becomes a possible peril. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then you realize everything can be frightening. Yeah. Yeah. So. It is brilliant. It's brilliant filmmaking. It's... And, and you can, and, uh, you can, you can uh, look at the story in a million different ways, and everybody's uh-huh. right. Yeah, because it's, it's your interpretation. It's a movie that you can talk about after it's over. Yep. And a lot of horror movies aren't. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that was, yeah, it's a werewolf, all right. <laughs> Bless your <laughs> guys' hearts, because you are literally, you guys are werewolf. all allowing me to cover, like, all of my follow, all my honorable mentions, and I, and I'm going to have a, a wonderful one. Okay, so. It, right. it follows as oh. one of those movies that I would have would have been on my best movies of the decade mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah. much like that because it is so really good so and i really appreciated it and i really liked it and it's scary as all hell yeah mm-hmm. uh there's nothing i i can't think of a way to 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 really shit on that movie at all it's just mm-hmm. it's quality yeah. from top to bottom yeah yeah so we're at yours uh, my my oh. my next one was going to be it follows so, so this is this is unequivocally what my number one movie is for for those 10 years I bet no one's going to be surprised whatsoever. Crimson Peak! Oh. I'm so glad you put that on your list because I really wanted to put it on my list. Oh and then my I was like, no, Jilly will cover that. Oh my god. A movie that could not be more targeted at me unless they, <laughs> they like put vampires in there. Because I know. the billowing nightgowns, the candelabra, all of all of the visual callbacks to the classic mm-hmm. gothic horror movies. The fact that, you know, it is straight up flowers in the attic territory there. Oh, God, and yes. And talk about a movie that was mismarketed because... Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, everyone, the, the studio mm-hmm. marketed it as a horror movie, as, you know, oh, it's a creepy Ooh, ghost movie. it's terrifying. Movie. Look, there's a scary-looking ghost. You and, know, it's funny is uh, yeah. Bob just uh, um, messaged me the other day because he finally watched Dragon Wick. Oh yeah! Oh my God! I bought that book. That was the movie that made Vincent Price a character yep. actor. Yep. yep. And in looking at Crimson Peak and knowing some of the background, it it could have been a very different movie because mm-hmm. yeah, because Guillermo del Toro approached Benedict Cumberbatch to play Thomas mm-hmm. originally, and Benedict Cumberbatch apparently read the script and said, "I am not who you want for this." Mm-mm. Go talk to Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston is definitely who we want for this. Yes, yep. and yeah. it's just it's all of because you you weird. had to you had to kind of <sighs> hope for him. Yeah, and, yeah, and you there had to, to fall in love with him yourself a you, little. Yeah, and you had to like, and one of the th- things, sympathize with him a little. One of bit. the things that is why it is such a favorite movie of mine, you know, beyond the aesthetic, which is like completely my aesthetic. I am here for it. (laughs) But it did take some of the subtle underpinning ideas of the vintage Gothic romance paperbacks of the 60s and 70s and make those themes much more to the forefront because Edith Uh Cushing is her own person. She yeah. wants to be a writer. When she falls in uh-huh. love and goes to this weird, dilapidated mansion, she is actively trying to solve the mystery, yep. and she saves her own damn self. Yes, uh-huh. she does. And these, those themes are not always explicitly played up in the vintage gothic romances, but they are there, which is why at some point, at some convention, I will be able to do a panel on the subversive feminist undertones of vintage gothic romances. No one's taken me up on it yet, but someone, if you're listening to this and you need a panelist on a horror convention, I am your girl, I can talk to you about this. 
But, I mean, this is a movie where, even though Pete has been forced to watch it many, many times, <laughs> if I'm like, I want a comfort yeah. movie, he's like, okay, I'm okay if you watch Crimson Peak because it's beautiful. Please, dear God in heaven, don't make me watch Beetlejuice again. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jim Cartwright. All right. My number one is a movie that has already been mentioned, mm. but I didn't say anything because I was holding off. My number one is The Final Girls. <laughs> because that movie, it was one of the first ones that we watched when we started dating, for one thing. Uh, for another thing, though, I mean, I I love my comedies. I love my funny stuff. I love a good satire on tropes. I mean, I'm, I love Jason X, the 10th Jason movie, because <laughs> Jason in Space, because it, it sends up... That's fun. It's it sends fun up all of the tropes of the genre, you know, the guy that's invulnerable, the mon- you know, all this, all the stuff that is a Jason Friday the Thirteenth trope. It sends it up, and and I loved it for it. Uh, and this movie hits those buttons. Final Girls hits the buttons of being a send up of those tropes and a satire of all of the slasher movies. But beyond that, where it goes way past things like Jason X or Scary Movie or whatever else that you put in there. This is a movie, again, a theme, I guess the theme for everything. It's, it's got heart and soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 is a, it is a wonderful, touching movie about uh, a, a young woman trying to reconnect with the mother that she's lost and, and deal with her legacy. And But almost mm-hmm. even more than the mother that she lost, but the mother that she really needed and wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and coming to grips with that. As, uh, that, uh, with her mother as a human being, yes, and a flawed human being, at that. and 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 uh, uh, another theme again, like trying to to deal with that, not necessarily like forgive that past, but to at least come to a reconciliation with who that person was, and move move beyond it to be able to to set it aside and say, I accept that. I can now start to move forward with my life. I can con- I can long that it would have been different, but I accept that this is how it was. It's yeah. not going to torture me anymore. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's always going to be a wound, but it's not going to torture me anymore. So it, the, that was that was my number one. Was just it, it's it stayed with me. It is a movie that I recommend to basically anybody. Yes. Uh, you know, especially, you know, have you seen a have you seen a slasher movie or at least you know the slasher movie tropes? Okay, then you know, you'll get you'll get the thing out of this, but it's it it it, it suckers you in, honestly. Yeah. Like, oh, we're satire and then yeah. and it's like, "Oh, look, you're going to laugh at this funny movie. Ha ha ha, punch you right in the feels." Yeah. <laughs> right. My number one movie was Hereditary. We talked about that earlier. So then I changed my number one movie to Crimson Peak. (laughs) (laughs) So now my number one movie is a movie that I am absolutely in love with the movie and the world. And it is about vampires. But there's a lot of questions about whether or not it's a horror movie because Jim Jarmusch takes his damn dime about things, motherfucker. Yep. But it is only lovers left alive. (sighs) And that movie... Even it, I don't, it doesn't have to be about vampires. <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> no. How dare. It is a movie about people who, have to, at the heart of it, it is a movie about people who have been 
in love for multiple lifetimes for years and years and years and there are their own people and they're very different but at their heart they will always be this amazing couple and I love that so much um, I loved how the actors looked could make you believe that yeah yes um, Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton just laying in a pile yeah in a completely comfortable, non-artificial-looking way. Like, they're just super comfortable with each other. Yeah. Which is amazing. And I I really love that movie a lot. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe it's not the best horror film of the decade. Mm -hmm. um, but we've gone through two of my best ones, which actually were horror films. Mm -hmm. So now you get the film I like best that makes me the most sentimental and happy. Yeah. Well, I've kind of talked with um, Jim a little bit that I love movies where people are past their 20s. They're past their prime. They're past that time where people are supposed to spark and hit the top of their being. And I love movies that cover people in their 30s and 40s um, still being allowed to exist and still being allowed to want more and be uh -huh. more. And one of the most beautiful things about that movie is it's there. Nobody's at the beginning or they're, they're no, ingenue. They've, so they, they've lived and yet they still want more and they're still trying uh -huh. because they still want to be. And the older I get, the more important that I realize, um, my goals have to be different now because mm -hmm. I have to love living for living. Yes. Not for a thing I'm going to get or an achievement that anybody else is going to acknowledge. Like, I have to enjoy my life for me now because it's really the only part of it that matters. Yes. And as a completely shallow note with that movie, one of the things <laughs> I adored about it is, and I know Rias is with me on this, the character of Ian... Oh, but Rias and I both dated that boy. We both we know both exactly know who exactly that boy is. That character, <laughs> yeah. And so I as soon him as and... soon as Anton Yelchin showed up as that character, I'm like, oh god, the nostalgia! Uh -huh. I can smell oh, the, the we know exactly. Smell we the, the whiskey and the yeah. There's a perfume that Black Phoenix Alchemy made called Ian because they did they got the license and they did they the got entire the license for the line of stuff for the movie yeah. and that perfume is perfect. It is exactly what <laughs> that nostalgia that nostalgia has. It smells like closed cigarettes. It smells like a little bit of whiskey. It smells like a leather jacket. It's oh my god! It's this thing. <laughs> Whereas their their it's, perfume of blood popsicle for the same movie is my one true perfume because it's honey and salt and red velvet and yeah, blood popsicle. Yeah. It's Boyfriend in your twenties is uh -huh. oh, so, so many bad choices. So many bad choices. Jesus, yes, and then I'm going to put you, you in a bear suit and set you on fire. <laughs> get over your bad choices while you. You got to make your bad choices while you're young because yeah. when you're old, you don't have enough patience for no. that. Is for damn sure. You're like I'm not. I would not put up with his stuff now. No, you no. know. I had I had one last movie on on my honorable mentions, and I just don't even want to talk about it after. Only Lovers Left Alive, I think that is the perfect cap uh, okay. to this wonderful conversation. Okay. So, there we go. It's a, a bunch of stuff um, that hopefully this, uh, 
you know, put some new stuff on your movie lists of things maybe that you haven't seen. And maybe we revisited some stuff that was, you know, that you loved that you might want to see again. Um, just so glad that we've continued doing the podcast and like get to still keep having these conversations because it just makes me endlessly happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, on that note, see you in two weeks. Yay. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don'treadthelatin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and themes about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>